Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. Once again, that's the sound of rock cracking. You've got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. Glad to have each and every one of you. Yes, the rocks are cracking, and it's not just politics. Is there a virus that's upsetting our entire structure, not only in America but around the world? The coronavirus? Well, it's become a corona crash with the stock market so what's going on and why do we have to fear is it more than just fear itself well, there's a virus people are dying and what's the scientific community doing well doc holiday's here we're going to access this where we are where we're going how long it's going to take what is president trump doing and what what do we got to do what do you have to do well we're going to be talking about that today and before we get to that we got to talk about <laughs> a failure to communicate. Let's take this, listen to this a little cl- clip from uh, Guns N' Roses before their song Civil War. Uh, what we've got here is failure to communicate. Some men you just can't reach. So you can get what we had here last week. Which is the way he wants it. Well, he gets it. I don't like it any more than you think. Well, when there's a failure to communicate, there's a lot of people getting upset. And and if it's a failure to communicate about this virus, the coronavirus that started in China and is spread in pockets around the world, and now we got entire uh, industries that are shutting down we have airlines there uh, had been flying thousands of flights that are now having to cut back by by the thousands and where does that leave us as a society where does that leave the stock market where does it leave businesses are we all going to work from home is fear going to engulf us where we don't go out and watch a movie or don't go out to a restaurant are we all going to be ordering uber eats or uh, something like that to bring food to us well we have got to get a grip on this and as this show uh, starts up we're recording it and the president has talked about different things and what what does it mean for the campaign uh, does the mainstream media make uh, Trump look like he started the virus well I would hope not but there's a lot of potential problems for President Trump how does he handle this situation? Is it sort of like a wartime presidency? I've heard people say that. We're going to see what Trump is really made of in a national emergency. And that's what we're looking at the coronavirus. But who will Trump run against? Will it be Joe Biden or will it be Bernie Sanders? 
at, because it's down to two now. And so before we get into the coronavirus, we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. Got some important things to say about it and look at. But let's get to this point about the failure to communicate when it comes to this election. Well, there's a failure in the Democratic Party. There was a big-time failure of a lot of fractures, and it came together in an extraordinary way just a, just a few days. And, and some people say like in 50 hours, there was the South Carolina primary, and Joe Biden had to win it. He looked pretty in pretty bad shape. And yet, when Joe Biden won the South Carolina primary, immediately before Super Tuesday, <laughs> the election started on t- Tuesday, just three days later, by that time, Buttigieg had dropped out, and they had, uh, he, he, Bloomberg was uh, saying he's going on and on and on, but Buttigieg dropped out, and then uh, they also got uh uh, from Minnesota, Amy Klobuchar dropped out. So on Super Tuesday, it rounded everybody up to get behind Joe Biden. And and that put pressure after Super Tuesday. It put pressure on uh, the, the, the richest man in the race. Of course, he could spend money. Bloomberg, the former mayor of New York, and he said he would be going on. But then he dropped out after Super Tuesday. Then all the pressure was on Elizabeth Warren because she didn't see a path to nomination, and she finally dropped out. She has not endorsed anybody as the as the time of this recording. But I have to tell you, there is something in that failure to communicate that was going on in the Democratic Party. Well, they got together. It did not happen from Joe Biden's camp. Now, who was behind this all of a sudden this coming together and and candidates dropping out even the money man bloomberg who had spent 500 million dollars invested more than that some people say investing in his candidacy and yet somebody arm twisted him he had already spent millions of dollars in florida i i've been to florida i was in florida last week and and every Radio station, television ads. It was Bloomberg, Bloomberg, Bloomberg all over Florida. And in other states, uh, Mississippi, where we do this show. I know he had a big team in Mississippi ready to roll a, a week after Super Tuesday. So why did he drop out? Why did Bloomberg get his arm twisted and drop out? Why did Amy Klobuchar, who was running to hopefully have a, maybe a shot at the vice presidency, and 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 Buttigieg had come from nowhere and had about one or one hour, and it it really looked like he was proving something, and then he just dropped out. So what does that mean? Well, it means somebody, and it wasn't Joe Biden, but somebody was involved in an arm twisting, because if that had not happened, if Joe Biden had not gotten everybody behind him. Uh, it was going to be a fractured party all the way to the convention, and Bernie Sanders was going to be ready to uh, be the nominee, a socialist of the Demo- be the nominee of the Democratic Party. So there was a lot of people who got really upset. But who was it that got the most upset? Well, 
it was interesting. Who came out right after Super Tuesday? It was something out of nowhere. Why did he come out of nowhere and have this to say? Line. Take a listen. Everybody's life has pressures and disappointments. Former President Bill Clinton is addressing the affair he had with Monica Lewinsky 25 years ago. The revelations are part of a new Hulu docuseries out today titled Hillary. In it, Mr. Clinton acknowledges the relationship he had with Lewinsky was out of line. Take a listen. Everybody's life has pressures and disappointments and terrors, fears of whatever. Things I did to manage my anxieties for years i'm a different totally different person than i was he goes on to say it's not a defense for the affair it's an explanation still no apology though is there in that documentary he says he feels terrible but no apology. but he said it was something about handling his anxiety yeah. i mean I, I just number one i'm, I'm sorry to hear that because I, I just think that kind of thing should have been reserved for your closest friends and i, I for me, my heart goes out to Monica Lewinsky again. Yeah. I mean, she was 21, 22. She's now 40-something. She's smart. She's funny. She's kind. She's lovely. But she still has this baggage yeah. that is tied to her while everyone else has sort of tiptoed through the tulips. Yeah. She's still stuck with this, yeah. and it just seems so unfair to me about her. And when I said no apology, I meant no apology to Monica, to Monica. Lewinsky. Yeah, yeah. And, and not addressing the yes. not addressing the fundamental power imbalance right. between the exactly. president of the United States and, and, and a 20, 21-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of anxiety or the stress that you feel because you hold that office, a 22-year-old yes. intern, yes. no yeah. yeah, and once again, minimizes, marginalizes her. It was wrong on all parts but it just i hear that and my heart goes out to her well that was from cbs this morning that, that was their team talking about bill clinton president clinton at the time and his affair with uh monica Lewinsky. and why did that come out why is this docuseries coming out on hulu why did joe biden all of a sudden consolidate all the moderate vote of democratic party behind him to overpower sanders on super tuesday Joe Biden went from a has-been to practically the nominee of the Democratic Party. Sanders can still beat him. The math is there. But the states that Sanders needs to win, where there's a, a, a large African-American population in the Democratic parties and across the South, it does not look good for Bernie Sanders. It looks like the he's been... Uh, He's been uh, given the shaft again by the Democratic uh, insiders. And who are these insiders? Well, I play, why is Bill Clinton and Hillary coming in for this docuseries? Well, they, they don't like being out of power. And who put that together? Who put Joe Biden together? He was broken like Humpty Dumpty, sitting on a wall. He had a fall. And then before South Carolina, he looked like he was shattered but he got put back together now he didn't do that and his team didn't do that so who did that could it be the clintons and if they were behind that if they were a part of putting humpty dumpty joe biden back together does that mean joe biden owes these uh clintons something and could it be a vice presidential spot for hillary clinton and oh yeah <laughs> what would it be would anybody dare to think if Joe Biden's getting a little slow and, uh, you know, at 70, 
778, he would be starting the presidency when Ronald Reagan left the presidency after eight years. And, and a lot of people thought he was getting too old when he was in his second term. And now you got Joe Biden, who would just be taking the oath of office if he was to win in November. Do you think if the Clintons managed to get Hillary in as the vice president... Would they ever think about the 25th Amendment where you could invoke the powers to uh, remove the president if he's incapacitated or wasn't able to uh, do the job as presidency? Well, they've talked about it from Donald Trump for three and a half years. Now, what what would it do if Joe Biden, especially if Hillary became the vice president? Think about that. And. You heard it right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. I don't know if you heard it anywhere else, but it is very, very suspicious to me. Now, what does Bernie Sanders have to do to get respect in the Democratic hierarchy? Well, he ran, and he, before Super Tuesday, he was looking in very good shape. Joe Biden was expected to win South Carolina, but nobody thought everything would come together. Nobody thought that Buttigieg in Klobuchar, uh, would get out of the race. And then that gave uh, Biden that running uh, running go. And then, lo and behold, they, they just got Bloomberg. Now, who could have twisted his arm? Who could have twisted Bloomberg's arm? Do you think it was uh, Bill Clinton or some of the Clintonites? <laughs> They're all throughout the Democratic Party, from Podesta, Rahm Emanuel. I mean, the Clintons, so many people owe their entire political career to the Clintons. Even Obama, who was reelected in 2012, if it hadn't been for Bill Clinton rallying the troops of the Democratic Party, then uh, Obama probably wouldn't have got reelected. You know, uh, who all owes something to the Clintons? And how would Hillary become the vice president nominee? Well, we may find out here, so uh, hold on. You heard it right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Uh, that Something's going on, and Bernie Sanders is probably out of the picture, and he, he, they're going to roll right over Bernie unless his folks can rally. Now, Elizabeth Warren, as, the, as we were recording this, she had not decided who to endorse. And don't you think that... She, she's Biden and leveraging the power that she has to look at the VP spot. Now, if it's Joe Biden, what would happen if uh, they've already promised to Hillary Clinton? Well, her only recourse would be to get the vice president, vice president spot from, Biden, from uh, Bernie Sanders if he was to win. So would she endorse Bernie? Uh, a lot to watch. And at the same time, we have to see what the coronavirus is doing because there's a lot of people wanting to pile on. You just read some, uh, read some of the news articles about the coronavirus in the business sections and places that of the liberal papers. There's, they're taking pot shots all over at Trump, the administ- his administration, and yet, why should they? Well, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But first, let me remind you, listen to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Glad to have you. This is election year. There's a lot of things going on, and nobody expected out of the blue this coronavirus. But that's part of being the president of the United States. You have to be prepared. And 
and when something comes out of the left field like this has, then how are you going to proceed? How are you going to talk to the country? How are you going to show empathy at the same time showing a resolve to get a solution? And that's what the president is seeking. How is he handling this? And does the news media and the Democrats try to take advantage of it? Well, of course they have in a lot of cases. Thank goodness for the people who are standing up for America and, and not letting this become a political thing. But I have to tell you that uh, we, we're going to cover that right here in the second half of the show. Uh, the, let me remind you, not only are you listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, but we have a book out there called Bedrock Truths, and you can order that book. You can go right on the web page right there. You'll see the cover of the book. Click on that. It'll take you to www.docholiday.org. You can click click on that. Get on the web page there. Order the book. We'll be glad to get one out to you. I wrote the book along with Dr. Alveda King, Dr. Alex McFarland also. And uh, Bedrock Truths is a book that everybody should have to read through it, to know the bedrock truths that this nation is founded on, what we need to do to strengthen those foundations. So be sure to get that book. If you don't have one, get one for your liberal neighbors. Get one for your progressive neighbors. If Bernie Sanders coming in your town, get one for Bernie Sanders. How about that? Well, we have a lot to talk about. First, I want you to take a listen to this. Oh, forgive me. I, I'm sorry if I shocked you, but I wanted you to understand. Helter Skelter from the Beatles. You anybody remember Helter Skelter from the Beatles? Well, that's. Uh, that's what the market seemed to be doing all of last week. And this week, it may do the same thing. But I have to tell you, back and forth, back and forth. But didn't you know at the market going back and forth over the coronavirus fears? And then we had one of the best job numbers ever reported. And uh, when you're continuing, continuing on into the 11th year <laughs> of the bull market, and the job numbers were just absolutely incredibly good last Friday as they reported the job numbers for uh, uh, last month in February, which usually after Christmas job numbers go down. And and they were expecting them to be uh, not near as good as they were. What, 275,000 new jobs? Now, of course, this is before any of the coronavirus fears were all coming about. So what is it going to mean? Some people say, are we going to be coronavirus shocked into a recession? Could it be a corona recession? Coronavirus is something that is an uncertainty, and the market does not like uncertainty. They want things certain. And does this affect more uncertainty? Because the market, in a lot of cases, was thinking, Things look good for the re-election of Donald Trump. We had people talking about the market. It jumped up the day after Super Tuesday on that Wednesday because they said, oh, well, the socialists won't win. We like Joe Biden, and the market jumped up. And then the next day it fell back down, but they didn't blame it on Joe Biden. 
Why, why wouldn't they blame it on Joe Biden if Joe Biden was the effect that made it go up a thousand points? Well, I don't think Joe Biden had anything to do with it. I don't think between him and Biden, uh, him and Bernie Sanders, they're both wide-eyed radicals. If Joe just uh, sleepy Joe just might not be able to get as much done. But <laughs> the market was helter skelter. And a lot of the reason is because there's fear out there. And how long will this happen? Will hundreds of thousands of people die around the globe? Does it shut down Europe? Does it shut down China, supply chains? All these questions are uncertain. And then they say, well, it's flu-like, very much like the flu. And like President Trump pointed out, we've had uh, maybe close to 30,000 Americans die of the flu this year. We, we don't hear about it because every year it happens year after year. And yet we've had like 14 deaths with the coronavirus. And again, it's usually people who are susceptible to uh, disease because their immune systems are lower. They're usually elderly. And something about this virus, thank goodness, so far has not affected the young people. So there's a lot we don't know. But we do know this, that the world and America has faced these problems before. This is something that's unprecedented, though, with our scientists and the scientific community and the private sector. There are numerous companies working day and night to solve this problem and working on injections. We've heard the CDC, Centers of Disease Control, talking about it be a full year, but next year, when the next year rolls around, they should, we should have a, an injection for this virus. But we got companies who want to get there before a year, and they're, they're getting their research teams working day and night, and uh, quite a few of them have been mentioned, and as part of the monies that's going into emergency funding, that will help some of these companies in what they need to uh, pursue and accelerate getting a scientific cure, scientific uh, uh, the, the scientific way to fight this uh, coronavirus. So that's what's unprecedented. Now, we're going to be able to look back in two or three months and say, hey, this thing was unbelievably handled well. Or we're going to say we've gone into a disaster that's around the world. And that's why the markets are going helter-skelter because they don't know which way it's going to be. They really don't know. And and we can't sit here and nobody can say we know for sure. We know we've been in positions before with viruses. Remember back in the, the uh, bird flu scare back in SARS was going on it again out of China and they think where does this come from some people's best hypothesis is uh, the virus came from eating raw meat in China which is done and trying to stop that we, we've had a lot of things going on and this is what we'll, we'll get down to do you fly do you go to markets do you go to the grocery store is everybody infected well this is the centers of disease control we're here to not wipe you, you know, to keep your hands clean. Don't wipe your eyes, your face. Keep your hands away from your face, just like for the flu. And those people who are immunocompromised, their immune systems are down. They may be getting chemotherapy, may be getting treatments for different things, may be on 
uh, a lot of weaknesses that uh, they have problems with. And those are the ones that are going to be more susceptible to this virus. So maybe they do need to stay in and be very, uh, very cognizant of the surroundings. And maybe not go to everything, but for the most part, healthy people seem to be doing okay with this virus and shaking it off for most cases. we got a lot to learn, and, and that's what the scientific community is going through. So what does, what does President Trump need to do? Well, he was in a town hall last week with Fox News, and they asked him about this. Let's, let's take a listen. There's a little bit of segment. We'll end this show up on this. But uh, three things I want you to understand. We have an unprecedented private government partnership putting together scientists who are working diligently on solving this problem. Yay. We have a marketplace that is uncertain and the stock market's going up and down, but eventually it's going to go back up because we have this economy that has been just unbelievable. And around the world, people still envy America's economy, and it's going to be able to push us through this. This will not be a long-term devastation because we're, there's a lot of people hoping it'll be like the flu. You know, the flu subsides as the heat comes out. Spring's coming for the northern hemisphere. Now, I hadn't heard people talking about it. I know we've had some in Latin America. we got a lot of countries around the equator there. But what about uh, the southern hemisphere? Are they having the same problem? Or will it reverse when it gets cooler in the you know, because we have winters in the northern hemisphere when they have summer and they'll reverse. There's a lot of things we have to look and see what's going on. But let's listen to this clip from Fox News town hall meeting with President Trump when he's asked about this. Is narrowing. Big crowd nice here. audience. Nice crowd. Terrific Thank crowd you. here tonight. Thank you so much, everybody. We'd love to get to a lot of questions tonight. And there are a lot of good questions from residents here in Scranton who want to talk about big issues. So we're going to jump right in uh, with the first questioner from our audience. Thank you again, Mr. President, for being here tonight. Uh, Catherine Pugh is joining us. She is an undecided voter, and she has a question for President Trump. Catherine? Uh, Mr. President, at the outset of the coronavirus, your administration's response seemed to some as being confusing or minimizing. What plans are being considered on a federal level for the possibility of a long-term disruption from the novel coronavirus? Well, actually, we're giving, I think, really given tremendous marks. Uh, You look at Gallup poll, you look at other polls for the way we've handled it. And uh, one of the things I did is I closed down the borders to China and to other areas that are very badly affected and really having a lot of troubles. I mean, uh, countries and areas of countries that have had a lot of problem. And I closed them down very early against the advice of almost everybody, and we've been given rave reviews. And that's why we have uh, only right now, it's a lot of people, but it's still 11 people versus tremendous numbers of thousands of people that have died all over the world. We have 11. Uh, We have 149 cases as of this moment. This morning was 129, and I just see right now it's about 149 cases. There are 100,000 cases all over the world. So we're really given tremendous marks for having made the decision. That was a decision I made to close down the border so that people from China, where we take in thousands and thousands of people a day, they stopped coming in very early, weeks ahead of where they normally would have been stopped. 
well, you have to say President Trump is working hard and showing that he's working hard. And yes, he he made some tough decisions early on to shut down uh, the flying from China. I remember the Chinese were very upset. The Chinese leaders were upset with him. A lot of Democrat leaders were upset with him, saying, "What are you shutting down these flights to China for?" And now it looks like it was a smart thing to do. Well, President Trump and Vice President Pence, who he's put on uh, on, on top of this, will they be perfect? No. Will the CDC be perfect? No. But I started to tell you about three things we do need to know about the coronavirus. And number one, it is very much like the flu. You have to protect yourself, keep yourself uh, in common sense areas. You, you know, somebody's coughing and sneezing all over you, you know, don't, don't be around that person. But also, washing your hands, don't put your hands to your face. All the things. You can go on the CDC website and find out all these things. That's number one, protect yourself. Number two, you have to have some faith in the government officials and the CDC. Listen to what they say when it comes to traveling. If they tell you not to travel somewhere, don't travel there. If they say it's okay or, you know, go with, uh, uh, with a lot of awareness, then, yeah, keep getting out and doing things, flying uh, domestically. If they say that's okay, then you have to go before the numbers they have. And then number three is don't fear what we don't know. Enjoy the fact that we live in America where we've got a scientific community that's working on this. And you, you just drive yourself crazy working and thinking about fear of the great unknown. Time's going to tell. Time's going to unroll how severe this threat is around the world. And what we have to do is learn and live each day the best way we can. And that's why we're doing this show about the coronavirus crash, the stock market, what it means. And yet, I have confidence that we as a people, with our leaders and our citizens, will show the world the best way to handle this, no matter how devastating it could end up being. I believe America's going to get a handle on this and show the rest of the world what we can do and how we can help each other. And we'll get beyond this. And thanks to a lot of people in our scientific community, our government leaders in the Democrat and Republican Party, and also for the governors and the people in the different various states and most of all the american citizens listen watch learn and don't get caught up in all the hysteria that's doc holiday's rock splitting politics right here on webtalkradio.net i can't wait to next week because unless this coronavirus gets way out of hand i hopefully will be going to a meeting in a houston texas and the main speaker will be Candace Owens, who we've talked about on the show. We've played clips of her on the show before, but I've never met her. And I hope that maybe we can speak to her, and then maybe I'll get to meet her and uh, put some conversation here on this show. So looking forward to that possibility, and we'll tell you more about that as it uh, proceeds. So listen, see you next week right here on Doc Holiday's Rock Splitting Politics. Talk to you then. 
Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. We'll be right back.